You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Megan Turner. I need that today. Just bear with me. How are y'all? Happy Mother's Day. Um, I like to say we're going to celebrate moms. We're going to celebrate the women that brought us into this world and raised us and fortunately didn't take us out of this world during our teenage years. Um, But you were probably told that. Um, And what I, I like to do is on Mother's Day, oftentimes... Uh, people will have moms stand, but I like to do it a little different because I feel like that the moms are always the ones that have to get up. You know, if you're at the kitchen table and somebody needs more to drink or more salt or the butter, or at night somebody needs to go to the bathroom or a sippy cup, mom always is getting up. So what I want to do is I want to honor all of you moms with a standing ovation and I want you to get to stay seated. Okay, so you stay in your seat, and if everyone else will stand and give our moms a round of applause, a standing ovation. There you go. And that's my hope for you moms all day, is that you get to stay seated. All day. Um, it was fun. I, to, I told, I asked my girls, I decided I was going to do something in my head for Mother's Day. I said, I'm going to ask my kids to tell me the one thing that I say the most. And then I was going to put it on a t-shirt and I was going to wear it for Mother's Day. And I had already decided no matter what they said, I said the most, I was going to notice that I don't have on the t-shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, it was sweet, but well, I think my youngest was like, all you ever say is about how hot daddy is. I was like, well, that's... <laughs> um, I, we're told in John 15, 12, it says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. What I feel like that moms do an incredible job is, I feel like they do an incredible job at representing love like Jesus did. And so this morning, I want to talk to you guys about five things and five ways that mothers love that represent the love of Jesus Christ. Now, I could do way more than five because I could talk about your resilience. I could talk about your patience. So there's, it's not limited to five. I just want to focus on five things today. The first one is mothers are known for their unconditional love as Jesus was. Jesus, while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. There's something about the love of a mother that feels like no matter what, even, I mean, they see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and they still love us. And there's something about their love that is so special. It's easy for me to celebrate Mother's Day because I have truly the best mother in the whole world. She is, she is top notch. I actually called her while I was writing this message and I said to her, mom, I just want to thank you because you make writing a Mother's Day message so easy. You, you are just incredible. 
And my husband feels the same way. I know a lot of people have have things with their in-laws. Luke loves my mom so much so. He recognizes her unconditional love so much so that Luke had spine surgery, um, well, last year and a few years ago. But a few years ago when he had it, um, he was in the recovery room and he insisted for three hours while he was waking up that she hold his hand. And for three hours and every single time, he would doze off and she would like try to move her hand. Mistine, Mistine, I, I, need you to, I need you to hold my hand. I, I need you to hold my hand. Um, I, I think that you feel that love when you're with a mom. And, and we do that so well. Second one is compassion. Now, both Jesus and mothers are known for their compassion. Um, in John eleven thirty three, it says this. And Lazarus has died and Jesus arrives and he sees this lady weeping and the Jews who had come alongside her and they're, deep, they're deeply saddened and it deeply moves Jesus. Scripture actually says that he was moved in spirit and he was troubled and he asked, where have you laid him? They say, come and see, Lord. They replied. And then verse 35 says, and Jesus wept. You know, that's one thing that I did not realize as a mother was now, you know, I'm, we as women are, we have a lot of emotions, if you haven't noticed. And uh, all the men were dead silent. Oh, you do. <laughs> um, but I didn't realize that when you had children now, everything that they feel, you feel. When they're sad, you're sad. When they're happy, when someone does them wrong, it, it's you, all of the same feelings you feel. And I think it's, and now you're also, you have this level of compassion like Christ did that you want to now create in your own children. You want them to grow up to be compassionate people. And so for my girls, I love animals. And it's a big deal to me that my, what's interesting is I am a animal fanatic. None of my girls, well, Kinley more so, but none of them are as much an animal fanatic as me. So I'm trying to create this compassion in them, right? So I, I and, and then I told nine o'clock service, I don't ever, part of the problem with speaking is I don't remember what stories I've told y'all and what stories I haven't. So if I've already told these stories, then y'all just laugh and roll on and... Um, but one day we were driving down the road and we were uh, going on vacation and there is a deer on the side of the road and it's dead. And the mom deer had had babies. One of the babies was, was dead and one of the babies was alive. So I get, Luke turns around and Luke drives way, way, like took way long to slow down, you know, like, way down, thinking I'm not going to walk that far back to rescue the, the baby. <laughs> So I get out of the car and I walk all the way, I mean, like way down the interstate. And I see the, the mom is dead and there's this baby deer sitting like a foot away from the road. So I scoop that baby deer up and I come, and all three of my girls are sleeping in the car. I get in the car and I sit down and Luke looks at me and he goes, so what's your plan? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but it's not going to stay there. And so I end up calling the wildlife rescue people and they're full. They're, they're deer capacity, they're at capacity. So they were like, if you can keep it for six weeks, then it moves to like where we can put it in the pen. I was like, well, actually, I have nothing going on for the next <laughs> six weeks. So that works out great. Um, the only problem was the vacation rental home we were going to was no pets allowed. So I had to stick it in a pillowcase to get it in the house. But so anyway, I say all that to say, I, I, 
I'm working on them being compassionate and I think it's working because they wake up from their nap and none of them bat an eye or think it's slightly odd that we now have a deer <laughs> in the car. And so I have a video, look at how normal this is for them right here, look. This is just everyday life. Yeah. Because we're compassionate moms. Every one of you would have, yeah, every one of you. Um, Isaiah 66, 13 says, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. And I love that because there's this thing on the inside and, and it's, we love so deeply that we want to comfort them. We, because we feel what our children feel, it, it creates this comforting that lets you know that you sincerely care. I know for me, there are times whenever I'm upset about something and I can't even talk to my mom. I have to text her and I'm like, don't call me. I'm going to tell you this and don't call me because the second that I hear your voice, it's going to evoke my tears. So I can't even, I, your compassion for me moves me. Um, I remember when Blakely was little, Blakely, it took a long time for Blakely to get hair. My oldest, I mean like years. And so she was three and her hair still looked like she was most of your six months olds. And so we went to the park. I think I have a picture of her, how short her hair is. Yeah. And we went to the park and there were some older kids making fun of her saying that she looked like a little boy. And it wrecked me. I mean, it didn't bother her at all. It didn't phase her at all. But that night I remember laying in the bed and just crying um, and telling Luke, I just don't want her to have to grow up in a mean world. Like I just don't, you just, you have this deep level of compassion that I truly believe that is such a representation of when we hear that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, he loved us. He loved, and so as a mother, I think it's easy to tap into what that must be like um, from God. The third is sacrifice. Now we know that Jesus gave up himself to save all of us. And I think moms, I mean, we just, having children and managing a home, it is so much work. It, <laughs> it is so much work. And I, I have said this before, but there are things that we do that nobody ever notices. Like the hand towel that hangs in the bathroom. Nobody ever notices when you take that off the rack and you wash it and you stick it back on there. <laughs> they just think that hand towel has been there for years, you know, like somebody cleans that and puts it back on there. Um, but they sacrifice. And I think when you hear stories like Little Red Riding Hood, have you ever noticed that she goes into the bear's house and she tries everybody's porridge, you know? And the baby's porridge, the temperature is just right, right? The daddy's was too hot and the mom's was too cold. Too cold, right? Because she sacrificed so everybody else could have the porridge at the temperature that they like for them to have. Um, I remember whenever I found out that I was pregnant, I was, I, this was 15 years ago. And so I, we didn't know as much about skincare back then. Um, I was heading to go to get a tanning bed, like a 30 day tanning bed. And I thought to myself, well, I am late and I am nauseous and I didn't want to extra bake. Like I didn't know what it did. I didn't want to turn the oven temperature up too high just in case. So I got a dollar store pregnancy test and me and Luke and my cousin Chris were at this Hardee's right here on, on Ashley Phosphate. So I go in the bathroom at Hardee's and 
I, I'm like, I think that's a faint line. And so I'll come out and Luke's like, no, I don't see anything. <laughs> He's colorblind. And I, I, was like, I'm, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a line. So he says to Chris, go right there to CVS and get one that says pregnant or not pregnant. Like, no, we're not going to have So I go get, a, or Chris goes and gets one. And sure enough, it says pregnant. And Luke's like, eh, I still don't know if that's... <laughs> So I called a friend of ours that's a, that's a PA, Mr. Ed Morgan, and I said, hey, I, I was just wondering if you could help me with a medical question. I have a, a positive pregnancy test. And he was like, well, you're pregnant. And, um, and so I remember telling my, my mom and dad, we were actually in a meeting and we were going over stuff for the church. So I wrote all the notes on the notepad. And as my dad's going through them, like one of the points was like, oh, by the way, you're going to be a grandparent. And um, I remember it was just sheer celebration that quickly turned into like, uh, I was so sick. I had a, a feeding tube and pick line and it was awful. It was very, very much of a struggle and a lot of sacrifice. And I remind the girls often uh, how much I sacrifice. But I remember at one point, I remember I was uh, upstairs in my parents' house. I actually had to, to move in with my mom and dad so that Luke could go to work. And he stayed with me, but I needed someone to take care of me during the day. And I remember I was bending over the toilet for like the 700th time that day. And I was just throwing it. At this point, I was dry heaving because I couldn't eat anything. And I remember like reaching up and grabbing his shirt. And I was like, never. I was like, we will never tell me, say right now, we're never doing this again. We're never, he's like, we're never, we're never doing it. We're never having another baby. And I was like, we can buy them. <laughs> I was like, but I'm never carrying another child again. And then not too long after that, um, we were, there we were, sat at the fertility clinic paying to try to get pregnant again. I had our second and then she was three months old and I was on birth control whenever I got pregnant with a third. Three months old. She was three months old. I had a two-year-old, a three-month-old. And then I remember telling my dad and I was like, I don't know how this happened. And I meant because I was on birth control and my dad was like, well, I can tell you how it happened. And I was like, please don't, please don't. Um, but Every time I had to move into my mom and dad's house, like me and Luke and, and whatever, however many kids. So we had just moved out like three months before we had just got back home. And then there we come with my throwing up self and my three month old and my two year old. And I'm like, we're back. And so you can take care of me all day and all the kids. So Luke could go to work. And, and they did. And they worked endlessly for those three years that I was pregnant, taking care of me. And I remember the degree of sacrifice when I realized how much sacrifice my mom was making when um, Luke had to come home one day and sit with me because she had an appointment and she was so excited for her appointment because she was finally getting out of the house. And she had sat with me in the house and she was going to get a root canal. And, and she, was, she was beside herself to go get a root canal because she got out of the house. And I was like, you've been in here with me for three years. This is... So, but she just, without question, and with, I mean, it was just, I was her sole priority, and she didn't think twice about sacrificing. And I think it's just such a representation of, of our Father God. Um, the fourth is strength. Um, you know, Jesus, I feel like, is the ultimate symbol of strength. And I think the truth is, the reason why so many moms have the strength that they do have is because they draw on their strength from Jesus. Because there is something so strong about 
a mother and especially about a mother and her faith. There's nothing like calling your mom whenever you need her to pray for you. There's just, it's, it's its own, it's, it's its own thing. A praying mother is, it's its own. Um, I remember whenever Luke and I got the call, um, about, about fostering the, the baby that we are fostering right now. And I got the phone call. I said it to Luke and immediately, like before I could even process or think, I immediately called my mama. And I'm like, mama, do you think I can do this? Do you? And she's like, you absolutely can do it. And you're not alone. And I, me and daddy are going to be right there with you. But I needed her strength for me to be strong. And I'm a whole, I'm a whole grown adult. We're not going to go into how old, but I'm a whole grown adult. <laughs> that needed that. And you know, whenever you read in scripture and you hear about, there was a time that Jesus got mad and he was at the temple and he flipped over some tables. Um, what, what made him so angry was his children were coming to the temple to, to make their sacrifices. And so they, there were purchases that had to be made. And the people knew that these people were traveling from far places and they couldn't bring everything that, need to, that they needed. So there was going to be per, the stuff that was there that they had to purchase. So they knew that and they were uppricing people. They were taking advantage of people. And so Jesus goes in and he just flips the whole place upside down. Now that to me is one of the biggest pictures of a mama, because if I sit back and I watch you wrong my baby and there's not a mama in here that wouldn't flip some tables for their baby. You know what I mean? I mean, that is, it is the picture of strength. Jesus is that. Um, Proverbs 31 says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. We flip the tables with dignity. Uh, but we are clothed. And the, number five is forgiveness. Um, I feel like Jesus is so willing to forgive. I mean, if you look at the whole reason that Jesus had to come to this earth was because his kids, Adam and Eve, got it wrong. And then we all did from that point on. And so just the constant, I mean, how, if anybody else demanded and then did the things that our children did, we, we wouldn't take that from anybody else, but our babies. I, I remember when we were little, my mom, when we used to go to church, we had to get dressed up. I mean, like we were those, um, uh, like big clown pants, like pantyloons underneath our dress with crinolines, big dress that spun around the big bows. I mean, it was a show and, um, and pantyhose, the whole thing. And my mom would get us all dressed and then we would sit and watch the Flintstones while she got ready. So like that 30 minutes, you know, and, um, one morning we got dressed, she got us all dressed and then me and Macy decided that we were going to clean out the fireplace. And so she came out from, from getting dressed and we were covered in soot and ashes from head to toe. And I remember her being like, the only thing I asked you to do was just sit here for 30 minutes and watch TV. And, but I mean, by the time we got to church, she, she had forgave us and it was no big deal. And we have such a forgiving God. And I feel like that being able to understand that forgiveness is so possible because I can't even, I can't even count the times that my mother has forgiven me for all the stuff that I have done wrong. I wanna tell you guys a story. And um, it's a story about a lady and she received a gift. And it was a, um, a gift that she had been wanting for a while. And she'd asked for it actually for Christmas. Thanks. She'd asked for it for Christmas. And when she opened it, it was far exceeded all of her expectations. So she says to her husband, she said, it's perfect. I can't even imagine all the incredible things that I'm going to be able to do with my brand new, over-the-top, 
perfect label maker. <laughs> Lindsay started with the pantry and now her pantry was really organized, but she went in there and she wanted to make sure that everybody could tell the difference between the rice, the cereal and all of the grains. So she got that and then she moved from there to the spices. And when she got to the spices, she put them all in the same size container put them in alphabetical order and then labeled every single one of them, right? So she said the saffron will no longer hide from her, not, not ever again. Um, then she got all of her files organized, all of her paperwork, all in files, and they were all done with the same font, exactly the way that she wanted them. And then she moved to the garage. Now her husband was a little bit on edge about the garage, gave her a hard time. He wasn't sure, are we gonna put the wrenches where the W's are or where the R's are? But when it all was said and done, she was actually, he was actually really glad that she did it. She did the kids' toys in the playroom, and that was a challenge because she organized the dolls according to the color of their hair. So she reminded her daughter over and over again, do not put the blondes and the brunettes in the same box. The blondes have a box and the brunettes have a box. And all you have to do is read the label. That's all you have to do. It wasn't the first label machine that she had ever gotten. Whenever she was younger, she had gone with her mom one time to the pharmacy. And while her mom was picking up a prescription, Lindsay wandered over to the school supply aisle. And that was the first time she saw one the labeling gun in all its glory with the wheel on top, you know, that would print a white letter on any color tape that you wanted. And she had to have it. She had to have it. And from that point on, she was labeling everything. Lindsay, how should I, she, she just didn't have control of anything growing up. They were constantly moving. They switching schools all the time. She had an alcoholic mother. And so I think when she got older and she had a house of her own and she could organize it and she could make it be just the way that she wanted, it was great for her. It, it, it made her feel at peace, right? The problem was she didn't stop with the pantry or the toys or the spices or the garage. Lindsay kind of unconsciously started labeling people her and her husband, Tony, they went to a couple's baby shower. And Tony, her husband, was notorious for never being able to keep her friends straight. So he would ask questions like, now, is Kim the accountant and Jessica the nurse? And she would say, no, Jessica's the accountant and Kim is the nurse. And then, you know, Lauren, Lauren is the one that's married to the rich guy and she never goes to work. And then, you know, Donna, Donna's the real skinny one. And as she went on rambling about every single person and rambling off their label. And then Tony asked, well, did, did you get to see Kelly that was there tonight? She was there with Jack for the first time. Did you get to meet her? And while Tony's eyes stayed on the road, Lindsay took out her label maker and said, isn't she the one that doesn't come out of the house often because she's kind of depressed? Tony nodded and agreed. And there she took her labeler out and hit depressed, printed her label and saved it for the next time. She would put it on her so that she could remember who she was. That night she was in the kitchen and she was organizing some labels to put in a kitchen drawer to label some things. And Tony walked in and he was fuming, she said, one of the maddest she'd ever seen him. Lindsay, I was just putting Lila to bed and I found this sticker on her. I thought that it was like a made in China or a inspected by, but it says lazy. Did you put this label on Lila? 
no, I didn't, I didn't put the, the label on Lila. I mean, I was on the phone and I was talking to one of my girlfriends and I mentioned she was saying that she had a hard time getting her kids to clean up. And I mentioned that Lila had been increasingly lazy and I couldn't get her to do anything, but I didn't think that she heard me. But I mean, Tony, you have to admit she has gotten kind of lazy. Lindsay, that is, that is, that is not okay. Labels are not for people. This is way beyond the spice rack or the toys, Lindsay. You, what are all of those? He was referring to a stack of labels she had printed on the table. What are those, Lindsay? Ugly, not good enough, fat, lazy, godly, ungodly. Are these for me? Are these for you, Lindsay? Lindsay, my gosh. Lindsay, I refuse. You have to stop. I refuse to pull labels off of our children, off of me, off of you, like ticks off of a dog. Lindsay, you have lost control. And he takes her label maker and he throws it on the kitchen and breaks it. Lindsay loses it. She's on the ground and she's collecting all the pieces. And she's like, Tony, you don't understand. It's not a big deal. It's just a thing. It's a thing that I have to do. It helps me organize. It helps me keep things straight. It helps me know who everybody is. Please, Tony, you can. And it, stop it, Lindsay. Stop. No, I have to clean it up. I have to clean up the mess and the tears. No, I have to clean up the mess. I'm sorry. And she starts talking. Mom, I'm sorry. I'll clean up the mess. I'll clean up the mess. See, decades before that, she sat in a room, little girl, and her mom came in. And she told her that she was messy and it stuck. And she wasn't. And so then she had spent the rest of her whole life trying so hard to bring some sort of order and peace and control to her life that she began to label people. But the reason that she did that was because the worst was the way that she had labeled herself. And I wanna talk to you moms because what we're the worst at is focusing on everything that we're not good at. We're really quick to judge ourselves. We're really quick to say, well, my house is messy. My house is messy. I don't do dinner well enough. I don't do work well enough. I don't do home well enough. I wish I did more. And what I would love for you to do this Mother's Day is exactly what Lindsay did. She picked up all of the pieces of the label maker that day and she put them into a bag, not labeled. And she didn't throw it away but she kept it to remind herself that good things come from broken people. And this Mother's Day, I know that you don't get it all right. I know you've made a lot of mistakes. I know you have a lot of mom guilt. I've always said, if there was something, if there was a pill that we could get out that would relieve mom guilt, I think it would be the number one most sold on the market. You represent Jesus, but you are not him. We are all flawed, but you're doing a great job. And whenever God made mom and dad, he wanted our children to be able to grow up and to be able to understand what unconditional love felt like, what strength felt like, what sacrifice felt like. And so he put you moms in their lives so that one day when someone would say, hey, you've messed up, you're not perfect, but there's a God that loves you no matter what. 
that they would say, that's a very easy concept to understand. My mom loves me that way. And that their faith would grow and it would be made strong and it would be an easy concept because they had lived that life. They had felt what that feels like. So this Mother's Day, I honor you. I honor you for being a picture and an image bearer of Jesus Christ for your children. And I want you to go home and I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to think to yourself, what label have I put on myself that would say I'm not good enough? And I want today, this Mother's Day in 2023, for you to make a conscious effort to pull off all of the labels that highlight your shortcomings and honor yourself this Mother's Day. Is that a deal? Deal. Before we go, I wanna do something that I love that I love on Mother's Day. And that is, I like to, to give out some flowers to some of our moms in here. And um, so what I, I wanna do the newest mom. So with the newest, does anybody in here has baby dedication? So we had some little babies today. Does anybody in here have, um, let's, get, let's start with like a six month, a six month or younger, six month or younger. Oh, 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 how did I miss that? Oh man, I'm glad I missed it. I would have been distracted all service. I would have held her. I would have held her during the. Okay, so how old is how old is he? Six months. How old is she? Five weeks. Man, y'all need to see this right here. Does anybody have one younger than five weeks? Stop. Three weeks. Oh my gosh! Nobody breathe close over there. Don't get y'all germs on. Three weeks, oh my goodness. So it's just anybody, I mean, we've, they're, they're fresh out the oven. I remember telling Luke one time, I don't have to cook anything else. Like I cooked a baby. It's okay if I never cook again. Um, so does anybody have a, a baby here younger? Is, is anybody having a baby right now? I mean, three weeks, that's the... Would, Lizzie, would you give her some flowers? Congratulations. And happy Mother's Day. Um, what about the, what about let's, I'm going to call it the most mature mom. Do y'all know what that means? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Someone's like, what? The oldest mom. The oldest. Um, is there, do we have any, how old was last, last service was someone that was 81, 81. Do we have anyone in here that's 81? The, the, they come to the nine o'clock. Y'all are too loud. I think. <laughs> Eight, how old? 89. Anybody older than 89? 89. 89. See, I love, I lo happy Mother's Day. Lizzie, 89 years old. I, I have to tell y'all because y'all are going to enjoy this. I don't know how many of you were here, but you know, we have a standing joke one time when I was pregnant and so Luke was taking care of all the kids and he, he made the comment, I feel like I should be celebrated for Mother's Day. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, do you? Um, because he was doing all the, the mother doodles except growing the baby. I was, so uh, Jesse Riviera did bring Luke flowers today for Mother's Day. He, <laughs> he got flowers this morning. Um, okay, what about the mom in here with the most kids? So last, last service, we had five. Um, I know, well, I know. Do, does anybody in here have five? Eight? See, I, here, here. 
Uh, does anybody in here have more than eight? Don't, I hope it's that three week lady doesn't raise her hand because that's. <laughs> does anybody have more than eight? Anybody have more than eight? Bless you. Happy Mother's Day. Lizzie, can you? Uh, hey, Chad, I'm going to do this. And she's going to, um, I've got one of my sweet friends right here that um, is not, her mother is not with her for this Mother's Day. Regina right here. And I know that's tough. So I, all of you that have lost your mom, I have sat here and watched her this whole service just mourn. That's a deep wound. So um, I, if you guys will stand up, I want to bless you guys as you go. I bless you this Mother's Day. I bless you. Hey, I, I bless you with sitting down all day. Don't you go get the butter. Don't you go get the butter. Hey, and, this, and wear this label and label, wear this label. And this is what I want you to walk out with. That you are an image bearer of Jesus Christ and you do it with dignity and grace and you represent him so well. And your children's faith will be different because you do. I bless you this Mother's Day in Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.